The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, welcome back, world, to a Solid 7 podcast, a better-than-average podcast, if I do say so myself, and I always do. I am, of course, your humble host, Kale, and back with us this week, the only person in Michigan not on strike. You know him. You love him. Our good buddy, Jason Choi. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. Hello, Kale. I've missed you, man. I warned Jason that I had a just a solid intro for him tonight. Yeah, but I didn't tell him what it was. And uh, I got him. You know, that's, I have a truck that's being built as we speak. Well, I guess technically not as we speak um, because it keeps getting delayed. However, the only Ford factories that are closed down right now are the ones downstate that do the Broncos and the Rangers. So my truck should hopefully be getting built here any day now. As long well, as they don't go on strike too. Never, uh, never underestimate uh, a union's ability to uh, screw you over, dude. No joke, man. No joke. It's I, I wasn't going to lead with this, but then I, I realized I'm like, oh, you're in Michigan. I can make a strike joke right off the top. And it is like I, I assume like being somewhat in the thick of it, at least a little closer to the epicenter of this than the rest of us. So for the listeners that have been under a rock there. Of course, there's all kinds of different labor unions in the world and in the United States, but um, one of the larger ones and longer standing ones is the UAW, the United Auto Workers, and they, um, you know, they spread across. They impact all of the made, almost all of the major uh, auto manufacturers, not Tesla, yeah. but uh, every great once in a while, as happens with strikes. We've already seen this happening, and uh, there's been an extended strike in Hollywood. They just uh, can't come to terms with management and um you know it's uh a striking they shall go and yeah. uh, right now but this is the first time uh there's been a simultaneous strike at all three of the the biggest manufacturers so ford gm and what is it stellantis yeah, yeah. so yeah and, it's uh, uh it's 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 an interesting world i um, i'm actually really close friends with a couple of uh, people that own a dealership here in town and uh, I was specifically speaking to them on it, and they were the, the big plight that is going on. And obviously, like now, they were they were finally just now starting to get their lots filled with vehicles again that they could sell, and uh, which has been a big issue. Obviously, that's been around the country even. And uh, they're saying one of the biggest issues that they're having right now with with the purposes of the strike um, is they are pushing really really hard to move to a thirty two hour work week, um, and. And the fact that most of their work now is is automated and their monitoring systems is what they're doing. So there's a lot of anger well, the thing. Uh, for the strike that's going on right now for, for the powers that be because it just does not even make sense 
right now, or so it seems. Well, and it's um, <clears throat> it's not just yeah, it's not just that they're asking for more money. That's usually pretty standard. Yeah. Or different benefits, but now they want more for less. They want to work yeah. less. Yeah. And get paid and more and get paid substantially more. I know Ford in particular has offered significant pay increases and the UAW is basically spat in their face. Yeah. 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 It's not enough. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. It's bonkers. Um, I mean, just thinking back, I, I'm a history buff too. Um, I don't know if Chris Arroyo will ever listen to this one or not, but uh, love Chris. And, and I know he likes history too, but uh, going back to like the beginnings of Ford Motor Company in particular, and man, it was it literally, he was, he was just on the cutting edge of who he was hiring, who he was bringing in to really help people. So into the American dream. And these were people that were hungry to, to work for a living because they were darn near slaves. And now they're getting something for that hard effort and work. And man, it's, it's the stark raving opposite at this yeah. point. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and listen, if we're going to do this or any other topic this evening, well, it of course requires us to be fueled properly. And uh, here on the South Sun Podcast, that only means one thing. We are fueled now and always by Jocko Go. Got to crack one open and then we can keep uh, we can keep tearing into this. Cheers, sir. <laughs> that we can. We are ready to just go in today, man. <laughs> Listeners, you can uh, you can get your own. Uh, visit the website, hit the Jocko Fuel link. Use our promo code for ten percent off. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, so and, and yeah, Henry Ford, you know, revolutionized labor. He, he he didn't create the automobile, but he revolutionized the way that they were manufactured. And he's known for famously saying, "You can have them, uh, you know, have your car in any color you want as long as it's black." Yeah. Um, but the the assembly line, like the it, dude invented the assembly line, the very concept of the assembly line, and he paid his workers. Uh, well, and that's that's been a legacy at Ford. Um, yeah. Part of the problem is now that uh, you know uh, these auto manufacturers that are they're not immune to what the rest of us are experiencing. Um, you know, normally uh, eggs are our go-to demonstration around here for inflation. Um, the administration would have us believe that inflation's under control, and and uh, you might be tempted to believe them until you go buy groceries or gas or. Anything. Uh, anything else? Gas prices are bad. Yeah, gas prices are up, and the president's running out of oil in the strategic per, uh, petroleum reserves that he can use to artificially suppress the price of gas. It, oil's over ninety dollars uh, a barrel again now, and climbing. Um, and uh, but you know these and companies in manufacturing, it's not limited to the automakers, are subject to these same inflationary pressures. You know, and so it's. None of us want to pay more for our vehicles. I mean, you're having a truck built right now. I don't have to tell you. Uh, I, we've talked about it on here before. Listeners, I don't know if you've priced a truck recently, but you might as well be buying a motorhome. I mean, the, the prices are, are just insane. So you've got all these pressures of the market. Can, people can only stomach so much for a payment for a vehicle, especially when their housing and insurance and food prices are have all increased. And so you want to pay people more. You can only charge so much for, for the vehicles. You can only create so much profit margin. And then what you're going to pay them isn't going to go as far anyways. Right. And, right. you know, that's always, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of the, the funny, the, that law of unintended consequences with like, oh, we, we need a minimum wage. We need a living wage. Well, it's, it's all a joke in light of inflation. It's all a joke in light of our ridiculous monetary policy where, okay, 
you can have more, but it's your buying power is not going to increase. No. Shortly after you get your $15 an hour living wage, $20, I've seen people float 30 now, you're going to end up with the same buying power you had when I think the first time I ever made minimum wage for a job that, that should have been making minimum wage, I think it was five twenty five an hour. Uh, obviously, we're well beyond that now, but yeah. <laughs> the the buying power the buying power doesn't increase. the The number gets bigger. The buying power stays the same. Yeah, it's the same percentage. Same percentage is going out, uh, and and that's just not understood. And and you try to explain uh, to some individuals that that literally it's the, it's going to be the same percentage always. And no, no, it can't be because I'm making X amount more. Right. But everything else is also going to increase with that. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are dealing with it right now. Uh, car insurance has skyrocketed here in Michigan, which Michigan always had one of the highest. I oh, think yeah. they're either the second highest uh, under, I think California was the only other one that had higher uh, fees and, and car insurance policies and stuff, which is lunacy. Um, and literally my policy, like for, for myself and Angel, uh, for both of our vehicles, I'm leasing my pickup, and then we own Angel's uh, GMC, uh, 2015 GMC Acadia. And um, between those two vehicles, we're paying, well, we were paying $165 a month, um, which for being 40-something-year-old people with no accidents and all of that kind of stuff, that's 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 even that's pretty steep. Um but but then now, literally, it just renewed the policy, and it was bumping up to two hundred and ten dollars a month right now for yeah. our two vehicles, and it's it's happening across the board, and all of them are doing it, and it's because of inflation, and because well, people don't have as much money, so now they're filing more more insurance claims, and it, like it's just this whole big cycle that just man, it keeps yeah. getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, we are um, we have no. Uh, young drivers. There's no teen drivers in our house. My, my wife and I are the only drivers on our vehicles. Both of our vehicles are paid off. I don't remember the last time either of us got a ticket. We haven't been in any accidents in our vehicles. I take that back. We haven't been at fault in any accidents. Uh, my, my wife had a fender bender. Somebody ran through a, a red light and luckily, luckily just, just skimmed the bumper on the van. Um, but, and ours recently went up a few hundred bucks a year. God, I mean, just, man. That's crazy. But it's so much feeds into it. It's, it's part of the problem we talked about it because this attitude boils over or, or carries over or impacts in a lot of different places, uh, right? And it's um, those increases, like if, if you become an expense to your insurer, if you have to actually use the product you're paying them for, then they will punish you by okay. charging you more for it going yep. forward if you ever have to use that service that you're paying for. So, and But at least you can see some logic there potentially, right? Flawed though it may be. Right. Uh, but what you don't see is everything else that feeds into this. When you're, this was a big deal in Florida, and I think it's gotten somewhat better. But just the insurance fraud, people going out mm -hmm. and intentionally creating accidents, you know, pulling out in front of people, stopping short, right. boxing them in. They'd work in teams, so that fraud drove up the cost here. Um, uninsured drivers, uh, many of whom often uh, aren't. They're uninsured because they don't have licenses. They don't have licenses because they're not here legally. Boy, will we talk about that tonight. <laughs> um, or whenever you happen to be listening to the show. I'm so bad at that. Uh, and, uh, and and so all those things, those costs, same, I, I mean, but we see that healthcare, part of why healthcare is so expensive mm -hmm. is because when hospitals and providers are treating 
uninsured individuals and people who aren't paying for their services. Got to come they're up not somewhere. just going, oh, well, yeah, they're not just shrugging, shrugging their shoulders and going, oh, shucks. No, they jack the price up on all of us to make up the difference. Um, and, but that same attitude carries over when you see the looting issues that we're seeing in uh-huh. the shop, call it looting, call it shoplifting, whatever, in California and New York in particular, where entire chains of retail businesses are vacating. They're yeah. boarding up and yes. leaving because, because people aren't being prosecuted. Officers aren't responding. The employers themselves, the companies, by company policy, won't allow you to intervene to stop the shoplifter, to confront the shoplifter. This is where you hear these news stories about people getting fired for stopping somebody who's walking out of the store. And you're starting to see some vigilantism around this. Everyday people are getting sick of seeing this, are realizing, hey, I'm paying more for that deodorant that's locked in that cabinet now because... They've got to cover the three that got stolen. They've got to pay for the case. They've got it locked behind, and they've got to pay for the extra people they've gotten to put in the store to unlock the cases every time somebody wants to grab a bag of Sour Patch Kids. Right. Right. And so, and so, just the, you know, the the John Doe's like just the run of the mill people are getting sick of this, and they're intervening as they're seeing the shoplifting, and that's not safe or good for anyone. Now, do I? cheer for it when I see it? Do I love seeing those videos? Yeah, sure do. Sure do. Um, but it just carries over. And But the thought process behind that is, oh, it's not hurting people. It's that company, they've got the money to cover it. Or right. they're insured. Right. They're just going to claim it and the insurance is going to pay for it. Who do you think these freaking insurers yep. are? Yeah. There's just, you know, again, at the root of the problem, though, is is the fact that People have just thrown their hands up in the air because they're allowing these things to take place instead of actually correcting it. At some point, I mean, even when you and I were growing up and if we did something stupid, we had neighborhood parents that would be letting our parents know, hey, your kid's doing something stupid. Um, Even if they weren't as close as they were back in times before us or whatever, but as they say, you know, it takes a neighborhood to raise a child, uh, all of those things. And, And now at this point, it's become such a, as, as close as the world has grown through social media, it has completely grown separate and in your own little tiny bubble. Um, and, it's, and it's all these little tiny bubbles that are crashing in on each other. So you're at this point where people have just stopped caring about what anybody else is doing. And, and it's, it's, it's why it's feeding into this. There's no punishment for anything that's going on anymore. Well, and we're, we're so segregated, right? We're so... Um just mired in tribalism right now and all different uh, from all different angles. Right. And, and one that's pressed so hard right now uh, is the haves and the have nots. And you're constantly told, uh, you know, like the wage gap is larger than it's ever been in this country and wages are growing at the, the lowest rate that they ever have and blah, blah, blah. And it might be true that the richest of the rich that there's a bigger gap between them and the middle class or the lower class or the upper middle class. The gap might be bigger, but that doesn't negate the fact that everybody on the ladder is better off than they used to be by a, by a giant margin. But it's, we're so convinced, right? That if somebody's bucket is full and ours isn't that we need to get water from them 
when the reality is we're all standing next to an ocean, right? Like, no, go, go get your water. Like the fact that they took it doesn't prevent you from being able to get it. And there's exceptions to that, right? There's the, there's the birdie Madoffs. There's the Sam Bankman Freeds. Um, you know, there's already, there's always the scammers. Um, but to lump all legitimate business people in with them, um, is just ridiculous. And, and I'll say this now, I, I've lived a while now and I've had some jobs. Um, I haven't had the most jobs. I haven't had the least jobs. People have lived longer with me and had more jobs. But in my perspective, in my 40 some odd years now, of all the jobs I've had, I've never gotten one from a poor person ever. It's never happened. <laughs> well, there's definitely truth to that. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, and, and like you said, uh, we are all exponentially better off than, than what we were. And, and I do think a lot of it has to do, again, tying back to social media, seeing what everyone else has and wanting what everyone else has. And whether it be envy, uh, whether it be, you know, keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, you know, whatever those aspects are of trying to, to keep up with that and makes us feel like we don't have enough. Um, and it is that, that constant cycle of, of rotation, even though, uh, again, I mean, what was it, the 40s and 50s when, when most refrigerators still were a block of ice that was put into it to actually keep things frozen in the, in the ice box? You know what I'm saying? Hence, hence the name it was yeah. called an ice box. You know, and the fact that we yeah. have these giant fridges that talk to us now and can do our shopping for us now and uh, all these crazy things that are out there. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's a different world now today, and we are in a much, much better place than what we've ever been before. Uh, but again, it's if that's the thing that you're chasing, you're never going to have enough. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, that's the lie of of the the labor movement. And I use that more broadly, you know, like so much of, uh, or so many of these, um, you know, Marxist type ideologies have just been repackaged and seeped their way into different parts. And, and so, you know, it's always, it sounds so great, right? The plight of the worker, the plight of the worker, you know, Ford couldn't have any money if we weren't building these cars for them to sell. Well, you couldn't build any cars if the factory wasn't there and you didn't have the money to build the factory and you couldn't build the cars if the machinery and the tools weren't inside of the factory and you didn't have to put up any money to put those in there. You didn't have to front any money to pour the foundations to do the market um, and so it's, um, you know, it, it's not devaluing at a human level, but not all labor is of equal value. It's just not. That's not to devalue the human being. That's not talking about the value of the person. That's talking about the value of the labor. They're not all the same. When right. it's time for you to, when it's time for you to have surgery, you want someone who's well compensated. You want there to have been some competition and some meritocracy involved in determining who gets to cut you open. Uh, and so when you sit back and look and you'll hear a lot of this, like right now with the UAW strikes in particular, they point to the salaries of the CEOs of these companies. And I think the CEO of Ford, and I don't know if this was in a year, the number I, I, that's stuck in my head, I'd look it up. It doesn't really matter. It's a big number. It's double digit millions, yeah. like $27 oh, yeah. million dollars or something like that. I think, oh, it was why does he... I think it's in the hundred millions. If I remember. Well, the so the larger number, the hundred million, is when you're seeing all of their salaries combined, right. like the three CEOs of the major companies. Right. Uh, but when you narrow it down to one of them, but the reality is, if if you're working on the factory floor, maybe maybe no one answers to you. Maybe you're the bottom rung. Maybe you maybe you've got a little team. If you suck, if you suck at your job, there's almost zero impact to anyone around you. It might it might suck for a little bit. It might put a little bit of hardship on the immediate employees around you, 
but you alone, you're probably not going to tank the company. You're probably not going to cost anyone their job, right? There's, there's exceptions to every rule out there, right? But, um, but it's just probably going to be pretty low impact. You'll, uh, you'll be sent packing. They'll replace you with someone else. That's just the way it goes, right? Like, uh, you know, there's already there's almost always somebody else looking for that job. Though I'll say surprisingly, uh, during the brief period of my life where I worked for the water and sewer department of a local municipality, we always had openings. That was odd. There was um, <laughs> so it happens. And when yet there was there, there were there were we we had we had paying jobs available at all times, and uh, uh, there and there were still people in our area collecting unemployment. I, I can't. I still don't understand it. Uh, but if the CEO if he's crap at his job, if he makes wrong moves, if he makes bad choices, it can all go away. Everybody's jobs yeah, or lots of people's jobs. The impact is massive. So when they win, yeah, they win big. And when they lose, the losses are big. It's just, it's just different. And that scales at all kinds of different levels, right? You think when, when you're, you know, you're flipping burgers, you're making tacos. Hey, I, I've done it. I did my stint at Chick-fil-A like a good Christian boy, right? <laughs> I, I fried the chicken. Um, you know, I've done it. When you're sitting there going, oh, our Chick-fil-A, it's an operator, so it's operator, owner, whatever. You know, look at all they're making, but I'm the one in here cooking the food. I'm the one in here bagging the fries and mopping the floors and cleaning the dishes. Right, and they're the one up to their eyeballs in a small business loan to buy that franchise, to make the repairs when the equipment breaks, to make sure you have someplace to go and work and earn that money. And if it all goes under, you might be unemployed for a little bit and you go find another job. But they're bankrupt. Their house is gone. Their cars are gone because they can't pay that loan that they're on the hook for. That was probably one of the uh, moving up here and and doing the job I am now doing was probably the biggest shocker out of uh, everything in this process um, was getting up here and understanding. Uh, I mean, we knew, I mean, again, you and I both working in that same office with the same bosses and, um, but, but you don't really understand the shielding that you have from good leadership when you do have good leadership. Uh, and then when you get out from under that good leadership and, and like now being a pastor of a church, now the buck ends with me. I'm the one that's got to make sure that the bills are paid. I'm the one that's got to make sure there's enough money in there to get the electric bill paid and the gas bill paid and uh, payroll paid and payroll taxes paid and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, having that having that additional stress because, I mean, everybody, I mean, it, maybe this will help put it into perspective for a lot of people. Almost everybody in some way, some form, some fashion at some point in life has had the stresses of life because of finances going on at some way, some reason, you know, uh, money's tight. It sucks. How am I going to pay this bill? Don't have a whole lot of money to go out and do grocery shopping. Am I going to go get groceries or am I going to put gas in my car? You have those thoughts, right? Imagine having that all going on in your normal life, but then also having that on your shoulders for several other people that you're trying to keep employed to also make sure that they are then able to go buy their groceries and they are able to pay their car payment and their insurance bills. And they're like, so it's not just you, it's, it's you plus whoever you have yeah. working with you. Not only that, you're not only worried about your electric bill, 
you're then worried about the electric bill for your business and you're worried about buying new computers because your computer's going out not only at home, but also there. So it's just, it compounds very quickly. And uh, coming up here and having that just kind of really flung on shoulders, it's like, oh my gosh, man, it's, it's a wild ride to really grasp that difference that is there. Well, and I think part of the disconnect here, and and I don't know how you fix this, is that by and large, people don't recognize the talent and the skill set involved in playing at the level that these CEOs of these large companies oh, yeah, play sure. at, yeah. what's required, right? And so you hear about these massive contracts for for baseball players, for a quarterback, for for these for these top tier athletes, right? Um, and, and we, and we understand that we're, we're largely okay with that. There's some people out there that think it's criminal that basketball players make millions of dollars while teachers make, um, right. But, but there's, there's no demand to watch the teachers do what they do. And it's not a competitive industry. There's there's Um, no commercials for the class either. (laughs) Yes. That's not to say, that's not to say that it's it's simple, and I, I think I picked on some teachers a little bit last week. Teachers are awesome. Great, great teachers are worth their weight in gold, uh, right? I, it's it's not that, but it's it's recognizing just the difference in the demand and the skill sets. And I remember somebody coming into it had to have been a middle school, middle school or elementary school like career day class that I was in. And it was a guy that had played for, I can't believe this stuck. I don't remember his name. I don't know why he was there, who he was related to, but he had played for the Mariners, right? Oh. So he he had played in the MLB, right? So not even like AAA ball, like legit. But I remember him breaking down and, and like, you know, the po- population numbers are only up. This would have been in the 90s, early 90s. So think about how much our population has gone up since then, how much global population has gone up since then, how much more sport, like a, a sport like baseball in particular, has become more of a global sport. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the biggest names are from outside of the U.S., some of the biggest talents. But the stat he gave us then was like one in 100,000 players who tried to make it to the MLB made it one in a hundred thousand. So the number's got to be smaller now. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. Do they, do they make obscene amounts of money in these top tier athletics leagues? Yes, but it's a complete meritocracy. They are the best of the best of the best available to do that thing. And it's cutthroat, right? You look at like, F1, lots of people have gotten into F1 because of the, the Netflix series that otherwise never would have watched it. And you look at how ruthless it is, how, how there's n- absolutely no loyalty to like drivers or the team leads whatsoever. Like it's what have you done for me lately? And maybe yeah. you had yeah. won a championship. Maybe you've won some races, but that's not you now. And you're out because there's somebody hungry waiting to take your seat. Right. And we watch that and we can understand it. Right. We can understand the pay involved because they're at the, they're at the pinnacle, right? The people that are running these fortune 500 companies, it's the same thing. It's just not as fun to watch, but they are at the pinnacle of business. You think because you've had an office job at some point, maybe you've had a managerial position that you think you know what it is that they do. And that's like thinking, I know what it's like 
to be a quarterback of an NFL team because I played flag football intramurally in middle school. It's not the same thing. They're playing yeah. Yeah. at a different level. And so if you want that top tier talent, you have to pay top tier money. So yeah. when you see them making these millions or tens of millions of dollars in these positions, you look at, I, I don't even know what uh, Tim Apple makes, but I imagine it's a pretty healthy income yeah. because there's maybe only a handful of people that could adequately helm a company like Apple. It's worth like $3 trillion. It's, you're running a country. You're, yeah. Apple's larger than it's many countries. Than a lot of most countries. Economically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, it's just it's not youth. The problem is you sit on the outside and you think you know what it takes to do it, and you think you could do it, and the vast majority of people couldn't. You you can't. I think you know, and I think the last time I was on, I we talked a little bit about this from again me being back there in Florida and whatnot, and looking because uh, there is very much so that grass is always greener, and you see aspects and you see certain moments of a person's life and the thing that they're doing, but you don't know the effort that they're doing the rest of the time that you don't get to see them, right? You don't get to see them yeah. slaving. You don't get to see the lost hours of sleep. You don't get to see any of that type of stuff. Most of the time, you don't even get to hear it. So you see these little snippets of life and you're like, oh man, they just have it so much easier than me. And and you think you're just so much busier than they are. And man, it's, 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 it's to a plight. And I know I struggled with that big time. And, and then like, I get moving up here really kind of let me see like, man, everyone is friggin' busy. Everyone is full tilt. Everyone is constantly going. It's not just you. You may not see everything that they're doing. They don't see everything you're doing. And it's because the grass is always greener. You have this thought process that they have an easier life than you. That's not the case, man. Everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. And they have the ability to do the things that they do. But you look at these people, like you were saying, in these top tier organizations and the top CEO positions and CFO positions of these big organizations, and look at what they're doing with those same 24 hours in any given day in comparison to what you are. And then you come home and say, man, I'm exhausted. Imagine how they are. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a different level. It's a different level. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different thing. So, I I, I don't know what the end game is going to look like for for this UAW strike. And I mean, I we've all lived through. I mean, if you tried to buy a used vehicle in the past couple of years, you know that like with the chip shortages and all this stuff, the the automotive industry has already been out of whack. New and used, everything's mm -hmm. been much higher priced than it typically would have been. Other than Tesla, who's been cutting prices, um, they're the only and, one. And I, I mean, we were. We were just starting to see some normalization there. Yeah. And there's just no way this doesn't throw things back out of no, whack. No. My, um, so the truck that I ordered, again, like it's nothing spectacular. It's just an F-150, like a sport F-150 4x4, right? Uh, we need 4x4s up here because we have to worry about 18 inches of snow um, at, at times or more even. Uh, and we got to be able to get through it. So literally, it's just a sport package, 4x4 F-150, cloth seats, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And it's now uh, literally just in three years, it's jumped $10,000 in cost for the exact same type of truck. 10000 because yeah. of inflation, because of increases, because of job wage, all that stuff, all incorporating into it. It's literally $10,000 more for the exact same truck at this point to get it today as it was three years ago. It's kind of crazy. 
And it will. At some point, yeah. it's going to have to hit a wall. There's going to have to be a burst to where people wake up and and things kind of get dialed back again and, and brought back into a range. And, man, that's going to be a scary day because the longer we keep going this way, the the worse that bubble is that it's going to burst, man. And uh, yes. that's, that's a scary, scary day to know that it's going to loom well, because it can't. It's not physically possible. Yeah. It's not sustainable to keep doing this. Right. Well, and we, you know, we all want to see, like, we all want to see regular raises. We all want to see quote unquote fair income at work, but what, you know, uh, why we all want to at least see that like 3% annual raise, that type of stuff is because of inflation. The money, like what we could buy with our money when we started this job is not what we can buy with our money now several years in. So you need to keep oh, my purchasing no. power. That's when I'm agreeing to do this job, not for this amount of money, for this amount of purchasing power. So you need to keep me at at least that amount of purchasing power. And that's that's fair. And so when we're for as long as we're dealing with this paper money backed by nothing, as for as long as we're dealing with this fiat money, when the government can just turn on the printers and not back it up with anything, that's always going to be the case. And that's why none of this stuff with the living wages and with the minimum wage ever makes a real dent because whatever purchasing power you gain in the short term is going to evaporate very, very quickly. And you're going to be right back to the same purchasing power. Your, your, I, I would be, I, I'd be interesting. I didn't do this compare because I didn't know we'd go down this route tonight, but I bet if I compared the purchasing power of my 525 an hour in, I don't know, probably 1995 or 96 or something like that to 12, 13, 14, $15 an hour right now, I bet the purchasing power is about the same. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. In all honesty, I really wouldn't be surprised because, again, you have to think just because minimum wage is 15, that means that all those other jobs, if you were making 15 previously, um, in, in order to keep up, those jobs are now at 25 and $30 an hour, you know, um, or, or triple you know, because you're really tripling that. If it went if it went from five twenty five an hour to fifteen, you're tripling that wage. That means it's likely that people that are making twenty dollars an hour are now making sixty dollars an hour. That's why you have UPS drivers with their benefits making one hundred eighty grand now a year. You know, uh, it's it's crazy yeah. to think of how much that stuff has increased. But I would I would fathom you're right. It's probably the exact same amount uh, of purchasing power percentage of what you could get. Um, man, but that's, does it at least right now, because it's happening so fast. And I feel like most people are in the same boat that I'm in right now. This, this increase has happened so radically quick that like our heads are spinning from it because just a year ago, you could go to the grocery store and still get a grocery cart full of groceries for 200 bucks. But now you get a three quarters of a golf a grocery cart, a grocery cart, and and it's five hundred and fifty dollars, it's six hundred dollars or whatever. And and you look at it and it's like, man, we got to trim this budget. What's going on? And it's like, nope, need my Q-tips. Nope, need my shampoo to wash my hair. You know, it's not like you're going crazy, getting all kinds of extra stuff. You're yeah. getting the same stuff. It's just it's costing you two and three times more than what it did even a year ago, two years ago. And it's happened so quick. In our brains, they tell us this is how much it should be. Why is it now costing me three times more than what it was? You know, we haven't, our brains really haven't caught up with the current moment 
because it's 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 a new again it's one of those that phrase from from covid it's the new normal you know um we haven't caught back up yes. we haven't caught to this being a norm for us of expectation of where we need to be well and even then if you look at you know if we want to tie this back into what we're seeing with the automakers it's yeah you know there's these great stories about Henry Ford paying taking such great care of his workers or paying mm-hmm. them so much of an hourly wage um but at the same time if you look at the money he was paying them with right like if you had if you had coins then those coins were mostly silver like if you were getting quarters yeah. those were mostly yeah. silver if if you were paying waker workers in that same amount of silver per hour right now they'd be at a much more competitive oh. hourly wage than what you're seeing with fiat dollars you'd have more buying power than what you're seeing with fiat dollars and that that's where you know I, again i've kind of been on this kick on the podcast here lately but it's just it's it's hard not to kind of beat this drum of our broken monetary system right now when we're, we're all living out and feeling the impacts of it right now. And it, you know, we think, Oh, it, it, it can't get much worse or it won't get much worse or it's starting to get better. Uh, it's really not starting to get better and it absolutely can get worse. We're just not immune to the worst possible impacts that we've seen throughout history and even around the world right now of, of hyperinflation and debasement of money. Yeah. I, uh, it was, it was actually crazy because again, I, and I have, I guarantee I could look in my safe and find some like real silver quarters and sil- real silver, silver dollars, hence the name, because they were actually silver at the time. Um, so real silver, silver dollars, but I actually, uh, it kind of blew my mind. I thought it was up, up here in Michigan because we are so close to Canada. Um, it's, it's not unheard of that someone will even tithe potentially at the church or you're at the store and it just wasn't noticed. The cashier wasn't paying close enough attention and you'll get your change. And there'll be some Canadian coinage that will be involved with that. Right. Uh, Cause there's some of the coins are really close and, and similar in size. And I saw a coin that had bats on the back and I'm like, like I, I didn't even know what country it was going to be from. Right. And it was actually, it was a U.S. quarter. Um, but it's like American Samoa or something like that. I can't, I can't remember what it had on the back of it or whatever, but it was, it was bats or whatever. But the thing that threw me off is it was like half the thickness of even quarters just from the last couple of years. Like even, even the zinc coated stuff that they have is getting thinner and thinner. And it's like, man, I remember like when I, when we were in high school and stuff, like someone could, you know, they do the magic trick where they're like bending a coin and stuff. Like it's getting to the point now, yeah. man, where it's just like a thin piece of aluminum, which aluminum is worth more than that. So it'd still be zinc or some other crappy metal or whatever. But dude, it's seriously, they're like half the thickness of, of what quarters were even just a couple of years ago. And, and it threw me off because yeah. it looked like a chintzy coin from like, a different country of some sort. I was almost going to say it, but I don't want to offend people and get you canceled. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a while there. Uh, I don't know if this is still the case. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up and we all know I'm not going to, but there was a, a period of time there not very long ago, uh, within the last decade where nickels, uh, and I can't remember what the composition of nickels is now. Cause it's not actual nickel of course. Um, but the, the melt value of the metal in nickels was worth more than five cents. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. That's interesting. That's, that's, that's reversed (laughs) from what our our government seems to be doing at this point. Yeah. It's, it's just goofy. 
It's just yeah. goofy. In in the meantime, we've had just some incredible economic milestones reached here. Oh, beautiful! Recently, beautiful. I mean, yeah. just yeah. just real celebration time. <laughs> Um, because we we have uh, officially now cleared as a nation over thirty three trillion with a T like T Rex thirty trillion dollars in national debt over one hundred thousand dollars of debt for every man woman and child in this country. Aren't you glad that you don't have to foot that bill? Oh wait. You know, you know, the crazy thing is that that literally in the last three months, it jumped one trillion dollars like that figure blew my yeah, mind. We're getting, like it's been growing quick yeah, man, yeah, and it's been it's been picking up pace like nobody's business. And man, the fact that it literally it bumped a trillion in three months even is just good God staggering, man. And the, it just keeps we keep spending more and more. I say we the government keep spending more and more and more money and there's just no end in sight. And it's just going to keep getting this worse as long as we just keep throwing money that isn't even there. Um, we, uh, you know, all these world leaders are, are in the country right now for, you know, some big UN shindig. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Z- Zelensky's back, you know, with his tin cup out. He was wanting to address a joint session of Congress again, and the uh, Republicans in the House told him to kick rocks. Um, but the our, our president committed again today. I saw more uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Think about this: we've added a trillion, one trillion dollars to our national debt in the last three months, and. More money was promised to Ukraine today, hundreds of millions of dollars. We don't have it. No, it doesn't exist. But like you said, they're just going to keep printing it. There you go. There you go. Forget us. Forget us. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I don't want them to print us money either. They just need to stop printing money. Like they have, that's the only thing that's going to stop this at this point. That's the only thing that's going to write this ship. Well, is it now, they would Jason stop printing it and stop giving it out? But listen, the fact that they're giving it to other countries instead of even taking care of the people that are suffering in their own country, like good Lord Almighty. Well, listen, to be fair, Jason, they did drum up 700 bucks per person affected by the fires in Maui. I, I heard that, man. So. That is- That's, I, I don't even have it's words just for insane. that, man. That is, it, it's, it's mind boggling in the least. I was, uh, I was trying to on the fly, you know, that, that that's appropriate even to say that yeah. to them. I, I was trying to like on the fly find like when we first crossed a trillion dollars in debt it, and it took like, I don't know, 228 years mm-hmm. <laughs> for us to amass a trillion dollars in debt. I can't find like in in 1993 we were at 4.37 trillion in 93. Hmm. So we've added 29 trillion dollars in the last 30 years. Yep. That's that's uh, out, out and, of 33 and trillion. It's not right now. It's not like it's some steady predictable increase. It's the pace is picking up. It's yeah. exponential growth. Yeah, yeah. Not incremental, exponential growth. 
And yeah. I, I don't know if if people just think it's not real. I don't know if people the number's so big that it shuts people's brains down. If we it just think to, that there's no one deals in those numbers. Like we don't deal in eight hundred and thirty three million. You know what I mean? And like that 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 number for us, it's it's almost a nonsensical number. You know what I mean? Even a million dollars is hard for the vast majority of us to really truly grasp uh, at this point in the game. Uh, that's that's so much money. But then you start getting into the trillions, and it just it defies logic for anyone to really grasp and understand. Um, and, and I think it does. I think it just goes in one ear, not the other, you know, cause they know there's nothing we can do about it, you know, other than vote. And well, there's a lot of debate on that too. So, <laughs> well, on, on the upside, fear not Americans fear not because the federal reserve though, they're on it. They've, oh, yeah. they're watching this. They, they've got our backs into their credit. Um, you know, they've got some milestones of their own. And and now, since the creation of the Fed, and I, I want to say it was 1913, since the creation of the Fed, the the rate of inflation for the U.S. dollar has now cleared over 3,000%. Just, just a stand-up job. <laughs> just, just a central bank, just killing it. Now, luckily, I mean, the... Again, I want to be fair here. So, you know, the idea of the central bank is to stabilize the monetary system, to create big swells of bubbles and crashes. And they've at least pre prevent, oh, no, wait, they haven't prevented the crashes or the swells or the bubbles either. So the value of the money down, uh, the economy still unstable, very highly, very cyclic. Um, no, I just, I, I never mind, I guess. Never mind. <laughs> it's too painful to even talk about, man, because it's, it's so real just how, again, man, it's just so upside down right now and it just keeps getting worse. It does, it's on so many levels, it's hard to find hope in any of these areas that anyone could actually fix anything. And I know there's, there's different, uh, political arena and, and, debates going on and all these things, but man, it's just to, to some extent, I, I can almost even understand where people are getting, where they're just throwing their hands up in the air and saying, I just give up, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, it's become this machine that is just tumbled over itself so much that it's a snowball that just can't be stopped anymore. It's some more fun stats here that I, that I found for this. Um, now, this stat is old, so this would have changed, but in the 60 hours after, 60, 60 hours, not even a full three days, 60 hours, since the U.S. debt crossed the $33 trillion line, we added another $50 billion. Let me save you some division there. That means we added $833 millions in debt per hour since crossing the $33 trillion mark. $833 million if you if you stumbled upon eight hundred thirty three million dollars right now, no one in your family tree would ever have to work again, or it would be a oh, very long yeah. time. We're adding that per hour. That's our that's our hourly rate now. That we're uh, that's a living wage. That that <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a living wage. All right, <laughs> I, I broke it. 
I broke it down a little bit ago that the debt uh, accounted for over $100,000 per man, woman, and child, and that is accurate. If you want to break it down per household, it's over $250,000 in debt per household in the U.S. You just need to write a check, Kale. Just write a check. Now, I'll pay that down. Listen, some of, if you've never, if you haven't ever purchased a vehicle, taken out a loan to purchase a vehicle, or taken out a mortgage to purchase a home, this next part might be a little tough for you to conceptualize, and I think that's part of the problem. But if you have purchased a car uh, with a loan, if you have had a mortgage, uh, then you know that especially early on, you look at those payments and you you look at your balance. You look at how much you owe on your loan, and you think, oh, I'm paying $200 a month which, hey, congrats <laughs> to you. Uh, that number's way too low for either of those items. But but the balance of your loan, the balance that you owe, does not go down $200 a month. Because especially, especially early on in the loan, the majority of your payment is paying the interest that you are being charged on that money. That's how the lender, that's how the banks make their money. Sure, I'll give you a pile of cash, but you're going to pay me 7% on it. But that's a rolling 7%. That's not like a 7% total. So you end up paying two, three, four times as much as the total amount that you borrowed over the life of your loan. So I want you to extrapolate that to this $33 trillion that we keep adding to. Yes, we actually have to service this debt. We actually have to pay for it. Like you have to pay your car loan and like you have to make your mortgage payment. And we're paying interest on that debt as well. This number should just royally piss you off. We are paying. This is your money. The government isn't a business. It doesn't generate income. It doesn't create anything. It doesn't produce anything of value. This is your money that they're taking to service this debt that they're taking on to buy your votes with. We are paying Literally. more than we are paying more than two billion. I want to be clear here. Billion with a B, like boy or brother or ball, $2 billion per day, not to pay down that debt. We are paying $2 billion a day in interest on that debt. Uh, $2 billion. Elon Musk could not afford to pay the interest on our debt for a year. He couldn't afford it. He doesn't have enough money. Just the interest. Just At, the interest. Just the interest. Yeah. Not paying down the principal a lick. Oh, and by the way, we don't we don't currently have a debt scene. Day. Yeah. Yeah, and and right now there, there's no cap on their borrowing. We currently do not have an uh, a debt ceiling. We got we got to talk about something that brings more hope. Kill, you're bringing me down here. <laughs> well, I do ha I do have this, and this uh, you know this is different. Um, the Marines lost an F thirty five this week. They just they just lost that. it. I saw and that. now you're thinking, you're thinking, Kale. He asked you to pivot to something happier, <laughs> and and, and I am. I, if you laugh, <laughs> listen, you've got to look at the silver lining. As we're talking about our tax dollars, is this an eighty billion dollar jet uh, up in flames? Yeah, sure. 
uh, is it a little concerning just from like a competency of our military level? Yeah, absolutely. But you've got to look for the silver lining. And the silver lining here is our stealth technology is evidently just fantastic. <laughs> just really gangbusters. It, like, like it works for real. This is the craziest story to me, dude. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that haven't heard this story, uh, Marine out flying an F-35 ejected, but uh, before he ejected, it was on autopilot. The plane, which then calls into question why in God's green earth that he eject if it was able to keep going anyways, uh, but kept flying for a good long, I don't remember how much time it was. Do you remember how much time it was that it stayed in the air? After I, 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 know of? It's still not very clear when it actually came down. So I, I don't know. It was, it was like, a good amount of time, like 30 minutes or yeah. something like that. I mean, it was, it, it's not like a, a 30 second type thing. Like it flew for a good, so why in God's green earth is he ejecting himself first off? Um, but then, then the fact he ejects when it. He was not far. Sense. He was not far from an airfield. Right. Right. And, and so much so that the plane just keeps flying itself on autopilot and they couldn't find it. So they literally sent out alerts to have people, hey, uh, help us find our F-30 or missing F-35 that crashed somewhere. We don't know where. It's, it's, like, the, it's like they lost it. a cat. <laughs> and uh, as I understand it, and again, this, this story will continue to change. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I doubt we'll know for sure what happened here in our lifetimes. Oh, we'll get a story. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get a story, and they're already floating some garbage today, like that it was due to bad weather. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. We we either we desperately need that to be a lie. We yes, desperately we need do. that to be a lie. If the way to defeat the world's most advanced fighter jet is a rainstorm, I, we really need that to be a lie. Um. And uh, but as I understand it, like he was flying with a wingman, like there were two of them up there. So how does the other guy not go, hey, I'll follow it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. Or gal, or gal, star modern military. How does the other guy or gal in the other jet not go, nah, I'll keep an eye on it for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, there's definitely some shenanigans somewhere. I don't know where or what. And I, like you said, I don't think we'll ever know the truth of what in the world happened. We'll get a story, um, but it'll be some just, something to brush it under the rug and move on. Uh, but again, good Lord. Yeah, it, how ridiculous. Yeah. It just, it now what I understand is that, so there's uh, a few different variants of um, the F 35 and the Marines fly a different one from both the Navy and the air force. The Marines have the one with the, the vertical, yeah, uh, landing and takeoff, the VTOL capability. So they can uh, land on smaller ships and all that right. stuff. So that one evidently, and only that one, has an automated ejection seat function because those vertical takeoffs and landings are very, very tricky and can be very error prone. And there can be, you need faster than the human reaction time to bail out of that if it's going wrong, uh, is my okay. understanding. So a malfunction in that system, the jet just mistakenly yeeting this dude out <laughs> with really nothing going on, that seems somewhat plausible to me. The much more troubling Scary, possibility would, horrible. Would, be, would be that this very expensive and advanced weapon system was hacked 
And that would be a problem because the company that makes the software that operates this jet also has software in all of our nuclear-capable bombers, the F-22, the F-18, the F-16, um, several commercial airliners. Um, now, the the guy that is the CEO of this company, Green something or other, and I'm not looking it up, doesn't matter, you can find it on your own. Um, but his name's Dan O'Dowd, and he's been a very obnoxious, outspoken critic of Tesla and of Tesla uh, full self-driving. And it's just funny because if there's a more arrogant person on this planet than Dan O'Dowd, I don't know who it is. Like, I haven't heard them. Like, he he makes Conor McGregor look like Mother Teresa, just pure humility. <laughs> and, uh, like, he's been just spewing vitriol at anyone online who has even floated the possibility that it was that the software was hacked because his software is, of course, unhackable. <laughs> like everyone says until yeah. it gets hacked. Yeah, he so he says he's they've they've made software for uh nuclear control systems and all this all this stuff for for decades. It's never been hacked, it never will be, it can't be. And don't you just know that every hacker on the planet sees that? Like you can't say stuff like that. You can't put that out there. It reminds me of that scene in be- Iron Man when 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 uh Tony Stark is calling out the Mandarin. You know what? Come at me. Come at me. And then all of a sudden, helicopters show up and blow his house up with everybody inside of it. It's kind of kind of one yes. of those things. It's just a taunt. Not not a good thing to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Every Uber nerd on the planet with computers, like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What <laughs> so, we, like, that's I mean, so even that's the, the biggest you know trophy out there. Like, everybody's got to be like, let's see. Let's um, let's let's figure this out. Yeah, just an incredible amount of hubris. So I'm not hoping as much as I would. Uh, there'd be a lot of Schadenfreude involved. I would. There would be a lot of entertainment value to me personally in seeing Dan O'Dowd be very, very wrong, very, very publicly. Uh, but I'm absolutely not hoping for that. I can get my kicks oh. somewhere else because that particular software system uh, being hacked would be a real problem. Yeah. yeah. That's not so. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. There is like I saw. I saw a video floating around of like, oh, hikers out on this hike actually saw the jet and saw it crash, uh, and so that made the rounds really, really fast. And then come to find out that was fake. Uh, so I didn't was, even see that. Just video. somebody having a little fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but have you seen this TV interview of the guy that did hear the crash in South Carolina floating no. around? No. Dude, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, so, like, sometimes, a lot of times, local news is just it's just depressing, right? Like, it's just no fun at all. Uh, but then sometimes it just gives you a gem. It just gives you somebody to love, right? It, it, it recalls that, to me the, just, uh, what was it? Hide your kids and hide your wife. Remember that? You yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're raping everybody out here. <laughs> That was um, one of those. It was absolutely hilarious. A, this is just, let me see if this will take me to the video. This dude's completely gone viral. I want to give his name here. It's a dude from South Carolina, Ralph White. Okay, so they're interviewing this guy because he heard it. Let me see. I'm not landing on video. Give me just a second. <laughs> but he's just he's just a character. He's just like a super likable guy. And it just took off. I've seen people remix it into music already. Um, that didn't take long. 
Oh, it never does anymore. Was I'm the, not coming on it. Look it up, people. You'll find it. <laughs> was was just I, out maybe, of curiosity because I brought it up, and now I'm curious. Was the lady that did the hide your kids, hide your wife, was she the same one that did the, good Lord, it's a fire? Was that the same person? I feel like that was all the same. I, I think don't think so. The same video. It was like an apartment fire or something. Also, I think the hide your kids, hide your wife, I think that was a dude. Was it? I don't know. I think so. It's been too long. <laughs> Dude, I'm getting old. Yeah, I think he, I think he was maybe a little effeminate, but I, I'm pretty sure you might that be right. Was you might be right, dude. Both oh, I want to play this because somewhat kind of similar, or not similar, but uh, I feel like they were kind of timeline wise, we're actually pretty close to each other from when both of those videos ended up coming out. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to find gems, but when you do, man, they're they're stinking great. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah. So, anyways, listeners, it's it's worth it. Look up Randolph White and uh, F thirty five crash. I can't believe I can't land on the video right now because it's everywhere. Of course, I didn't prep to like you know have it handy or anything. But uh, okay, yeah. here we go. Let me see if this will give us the audio. But on Sunday afternoon, I was in the uh, in the bathroom taking a shave, and I heard a, a screeching. Saw that between a screech and a whistle. <laughs> Did none of that audio come through? I can hear just the smallest snippet of it. I mean, I like oh. it's, it sounds like your kids are playing a movie in the background or something type type five. It's, I'm gonna it's probably it better that way. Uh, we'll see. Uh, listeners, maybe you will have heard it clearly because maybe between now and this hitting your ears, our illustrious audio engineer, Arthur Pippock, will have found the audio and dropped it in over top of that so that you can hear it well. In the meantime, Jason will just find it on his own. But I'm telling you, Randolph White, you're going to love this. Dude. Randolph White. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. So was it a bummer that we lost an F-35? Yes. But we found a Randolph White. So all is well. That ends well. <laughs> oh man! Hey, oh, uh, you want to you want to talk about some more uh, wasting money? <laughs> I actually heard this story. I mean, why? Here. Why not? We're on such a roll. So, not to I'll, I'll say Rona, so you guys hopefully don't get. I mean, I don't think are they still flagging people because they say COVID and uh, COVID nineteen and coronavirus and all that kind of stuff? Is that still getting flagged or anything? Now, now that I've said it, it, I'll it doesn't matter. Um, we but anyways, say whatever we want did you, here. Did you see that that they are now even self professed are getting ready to use another six hundred million dollars in U.S. taxpayer funds? to create a new COVID test, not a vaccine, a test. Oh, thank you. $600 million taxpayer money to create a new test for the least dangerous variants of COVID yet. All of this was them saying this. This is their verbiage. This is the least deadly, the least hazardous to people, uh, most like a cold, your common cold, and yet they're spending $600 million of taxpayer money to create a test for a cold to Thank be God. able to tell you which type of cold you have this year. Thank God. I've been wondering. I've been wondering which one. You know, I do too. Every time, every time I get the sniffles, it makes me wonder which, which form of sniffles I got. It reminds me of Mike. I miss Mike. Dude, I got the sniffles. I, I, 
I just uh, between between the feds and the media, like they just can't they just can't let COVID go. No, they miss it. Yeah, and the fact that there are states again um, starting to to push mask mandates and businesses pushing mask mandates, and I, I just it's. Dude, I, I'll ad, I'll admit, and I'm I'm not ashamed of it. I'll admit that I I was I was wrong. But early on, I was all in in on social distance. Sure, wear wear a mask, whatever. But like to not pivot with the data, to not learn. Not only was COVID different then than it is now, but it's just we just know more. Yeah, and I, I just I I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what I have I don't know what I have left to say. Uh, because nothing's surprising now. It's not surprising that they're wasting tax dollars on this. It's not surprising that they still. Uh, you know, they want it as like a, I, I think they probably see it as like a, a, a bonus to a campaign issue for them. But I'm like, I, I don't think the masking and stuff even plays well on the left. I don't know. But then you go out and I'm like, I'll see people like outside. Still driving their cars mask. by themselves wearing masks. Yeah. Uh, They'll have windows down, mask on, by themselves in their vehicle. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, you're, I don't, I don't know. I I honestly, and at a time I when I was that the other day, like it just, I don't understand at this point. Like it just, it does not click for me. It doesn't compute. And, and I'm just kind of lost on it because it just does not make sense at this point in the game. Well, and that's, um, you know, like we're, we're at a point, there are articles out right now. These aren't righty articles. This isn't, this isn't the daily wire. This isn't, you know, whatever. This isn't Alex Jones talking about how doctors are having a hard time now distinguishing between COVID and seasonal allergies and regular colds. Right. Yep. Right. But just as you said, though, you want, you want to know what kind of sniffle you got there, Kale. So they need to spend almost a billion dollars of taxpayer money so they can tell you what kind of sniffle you got. Makes sense, right? Uh, I don't, dude. You've talked about it several times, so I hate to beat a dead horse at this point. But you've, you've hit the nail on the head several times uh, pre-COVID seasons for all of us. You'd go into the doctor's office, and and other than a flu test, they typically wouldn't test for anything. They would go off of your symptoms, and they would say, okay, this is your symptoms. This is what I think you have. And, and they would prescribe you meds, or they would recommend meds that you would need to take, and you'd move on. And that was it. And, and now at this point, it's this nickel and dime where, I, I mean, all of us know at some point in the game, it, it all comes down to money that's being had because while they charge you $25 for the test or $5 for the test or it's free for the test, they end up getting a kickback of X amount of money and it's insurance, this and that. And again, that's why insurance costs are going up so much because they're having to pay out the rears for all of these extra tests that we, are, we aren't paying for and all this other stuff. Like all, all this stuff, it, it constantly cycles around. Uh, but man, it just... It, I don't understand it anymore. People are too fixated on stuff that just does not matter. And you know what really boggles the mind is I'm just like, how how does Washington never do any better? Like, how does it not improve? Like, I mean, you look at, we have such incredible thought leaders in Washington, like Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania. (laughs) 
Come and on. Come on, uh, the Honorable Mrs. Bobert from Colorado. <laughs> like, we just have these sterling, incredible, impressive human beings serving <laughs> in our capital, leading our government. I, I, and I just, I, I, why, how can, why aren't they doing better? How can they not do better? You know, I, I saw you post a comment on, on Bobert. Uh, and I really, because you said something along the lines of like, the adventurer at the theater. And I'm like, what in the world is, is Kale even talking about here? So I pull up a news story on that and good Lord, <laughs> my gosh, I was, Bro. I, I, uh, man, again, lost, lost for words at this point. You just kind of have to sit back and just shake your head. And you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a booger on a wall. You know, you look at it and you can't look away. You just stare at it and you're like, that's gross. It's disgusting, but you can't look away from it. And you wonder who in the world would have put that vile thing on the wall. Like, it, it's kind of one of those situations. That it just, man, you just got to look at it and you just shake your head and and it doesn't click. It doesn't make sense. So for the uninitiated, uh, Lauren, um, I think Bobert's the right way to say her last name. She's a congresswoman out of Colorado. She's been pretty inflammatory. She's pretty MAGA and flaunts her firearm stuff. Hey, I'm pro firearm. It's cool, um, you know. But uh, she's always been a little, a little much for me. Um, but uh, some people really dig it. Some people like her, her shtick and what she's about. Which, oh, okay, more power to you. But she's been through a pretty public divorce recently. Which, hey, people get divorced. That sucks. Um, you know, tough to tout that you're, you know, the family values candidate and tout your Christianity and all that stuff. That said, hey, I've worked in plenty of churches, attended in plenty of churches, and you've pastored in churches where just as many, just as big a percentage of people are divorced there as out in the world. So listen, uh, crap happens, right? Just uh, maybe you know, it, it, it weakens your ability to go out and, and, and beat that drum, right? Um, but so going through a, a pretty public divorce. I don't think she's divorced yet. I don't think it's finalized, but she's, uh, she's out on a date in Colorado. She's out to see, uh, the Beetlejuice. Broadway musical Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen the Broadway play. The movie is near and dear to my heart as a child uh -huh. of the eighties. It is an absolute classic. And, um, Listen, this is America. She's having a good time. She's enjoying the show. I think and that's the only you know way it, a to bunch of... explain it is, man, she was just having yeah. a, she, she had a little, maybe too much to drink or something like that's the only thing that would make sense for what was going on, it's, man. It's well, it's funny because I have two reactions to the whole thing. Right. So, so here's the deal. Like the story starts out at first, just like that she was being rowdy and, and obnoxious to other patrons and the theater asked her to leave. And then you hear more and more about it. And they're like, Oh, she was vaping in there. And her, like her staff's like, no, it was the fog machines and the effects from the, from the play. Um, and then, uh, Oh no, wait, there's, there's video and there's very, there's very detailed video <laughs> for like clear. sitting in the, for sitting in the middle of a dark theater they had incredibly high definition footage of what she was doing in this completely dark theater. We don't know. We do not know who lost their cocaine in the White House. We, we don't know. We can't tell. <laughs> we don't know for sure how uh, Epstein died. Um, he definitely didn't commit suicide, but we don't know for sure because the cameras went out. But by God, we know in great detail what went down 
on Lauren Boebert's date. And so 100% for sure, she was vaping. There's this like pregnant woman sitting right behind her asking her to not, which, hey, fair enough, right? Um, and you can pretty much tell, like there's no audio on this video, but you can pretty much tell that the congresswoman um, told this lady to take a long walk off a short cliff. I mean, you can um, tell that when she started taking out her phone and started using flash photography in the yeah, lady's she's, face. Yeah, in the she's not only taking theater. selfies, but she's using the flash. What kind of monster? <laughs> um, and who who has ever... Okay, just as a quick technical aside, has anyone ever used the flash on their phone and thought, yeah, that made the, that made the image better? That got better with the flash. So she's doing that. She's kind of dancing around. But then her and this date, man, they are all over each other. Would this be shocking behavior from teens in the back of a mostly empty movie theater? No. Is this unbelievably abhorrent behavior from a sitting congresswoman in a packed theater for a Broadway musical? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it even, is. even um, beyond that, like, uh, at least for me, like when I think of theaters and I've been to many, even decent sized theaters, this one looked like a, a big one for that. I mean, it looked it was like large. there was probably yeah. like at least five or 6,000 people that could have been there. I mean, it was a big packed movie theater. It was not like a small little rinky deek like county movie theater or, or, or something like this, that they're going and seeing this, this, this uh, Broadway play play out. Like there's thousands of people that are around and they're packed in like sardines and right in the middle of all of it, man, they got, it was uh yeah, very handsy. We'll say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, they were, they were right to remove them. It, it did oh, yeah. feel, you know, like I'm not, I'm not prone to conspiracy theories. I'm really not. But turns out this guy is, is a Democrat. He owns a bar where they've like hosted drag nights and stuff. And, you know, whatever. I don't expect everybody to have my conviction, share my moral code, whatever. It's, you know, but it does seem like an odd person to be out on a date with, not just a sitting Republican congresswoman, but, you know, somebody flying the MAGA banner and, and everything else. Yeah. And uh, for this to go down and like, I'm telling you guys, like there's just shocking video quality of this in the dark in this giant theater. I, I, it, we don't ever get, we don't get footage of this, of Bigfoot, of UFOs, uh, of people inside the White House. I, I, it's just the footage of the plane hitting the uh, Pentagon. Like we don't have this quality footage of anything else, but it's like, no, you can see this dude getting a handful. Well, yeah, it was for that matter and, you can see both of them. And, I can't account like for it was from like the second or third floor that they were able to zoom in on this. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the case. Maybe the camera itself actually has an actual optical zoom or something along those lines. And because she was already creating a ruckus, they had zoomed in on her in particular because of or whatever. The, but yeah, man. I mean, this is this is something that they were you know a hundred plus feet away, easy from what yeah. was going on easy, likely closer to double that, if not triple that. And, and the fact that they were able to get in as close and clear of an image as they did, uh, even, even, even the news agency, the one that I was watching from the story made the comment. They're like, man, those infrared cameras are banging or something like that. They said on the air. Yeah, no, hey, it, there's a real lesson here. People, 
Yeah, do not assume that you have any uh, privacy or an an anonymity in a large theater. That's the real takeaway here. So I'm not trying to, none of that excuses, that behavior was inappropriate in that setting. It it 100%. It was was certainly conduct unbecoming uh, a a representative uh, in Congress, a sitting congresswoman. However, um, but, that was <laughs> outside of the of the quarters. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You brought up Fetterman, yeah. and, man, uh, and, and woof. That's, dude, that's this a whole, whole story. Uh, okay, again, if you're not really into politics, or if you're not from Pennsylvania, maybe I guess it's possible you haven't heard of this dude. He like he's like a cross between like Frankenstein's monster and Uncle Fester. First of all. <laughs> And I, I think I wasn't following his campaign closely in Pennsylvania early on. I, I think he pretty much ran on an every man platform. Um, and part of his stick is like the dude's always in hoodies and, and whatever else. Cause he's playing up the whole every man thing. Um, dude has a stroke. I, I don't judge him for having a stroke. That's that sucks. That's, yeah. that's hard to come back from under the best of conditions. Um, I, I wouldn't judge anybody for that. But the, uh, the effects, the lasting impacts from a stroke are very real. Some people make full recoveries, um, but that can take a fair amount of time. Um, Mr. Fetterman absolutely has not made a full recovery. He has a hard time both understanding spoken language and speaking language himself at this point. Um, just 100% has taken a hit to, to, uh, to his uh, uh, mental faculties. Um, so he's not operating at a hundred percent. Um, now you say, how did Pennsylvania elect this dude? Well, because the Republican party of Pennsylvania ran Dr. Freaking Oz. That's how, that's how <laughs> they didn't run a real candidate against yeah. him. They, they just didn't. Uh, it was a, a carpet bagging rich dude. Who's, uh, uh, conservative bona fides were weak at best. Right. Um, so thanks. Thank you, Pennsylvania. So this dude, um, you know, he's got his whole dressing down stick. And then evidently like all these complications he's had from his stroke, like just dressing like, and uh, Jason will attest to this. I have fought formal dress codes, uh, at every level of employment my whole life. But you know what? Like, I, in, in my jobs, I'm often fighting. I'm often fighting for the ability to dress down in my jobs. Because uh, my jobs have rarely had the, the ability of me to, to do my job well and to do my job effectively has almost never hinged on what I was wearing. What my, my attire would have almost no impact on it whatsoever. That said, I don't roll in to weddings and funerals underdressed. I put on a nice pair of shoes. I'll wear a tie. Heck, we just had Josh Rush on last week. I wear a bow. I wore a bow tie for that Joker's wedding, <laughs> right? Because that's what the situation. That's what the setting. That's what decency and decorum for. called for. This dude is a senator in the quote-unquote greatest deliberative body in the history of the world, and on top of everything with his stroke, he was recently hospitalized and treated for clinical depression. Now, I don't think the idea of putting a tie on alone caused that, but evidently, evidently, having to dress up, having to wear something even moderately nicer 
than basketball shorts and hoodies or mechanic shirts gives this dude's the sads. So he can't string. I'm not mocking him for this. I'm saying this is a factual statement. He has a hard time stringing together a coherent sentence. He has a hard time understanding a coherent sentence spoken from someone else. And he's incapable of so much as throwing on a pair of slacks and a polo shirt. It and makes he's, sense he's a senator. He's a sitting U.S. senator. He presided over it. So if you don't know how, how things work in the Senate and in the House, like the person in charge isn't always the person running the meeting, right? Like technically the vice president uh, presides over the Senate. They're rarely there. That's not just a, a Kamala thing. It's, you know, unless there's going to need to be a tiebreaker or something, they're normally not presiding over things. Or it's something like a, a joint session for like the State of the Union. Um, so people will rotate through just the day in, day out, mundane things going on in the Senate chambers. The dude presided over the Senate chambers wearing an un. Uh, it, it, it was a shirt not unlike your plumber or your mechanic would wear, a short sleeve button-down shirt with a pocket um, that we've seen him in many times before. There's no reports on how often it's washed. Um, loose, baggy shorts. They look like basketball shorts and a pair of tennis shoes, and the dude's presiding over the Senate. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. And I do I do agree. I think, I think at some point we put, uh, we put too much emphasis on what people wear. You know, even again, kind of like looking back at church in this thought process of like when people come in and they're in shorts and a t-shirt, like I get for the more old school, there's this thought process of, man, you need to be more respectful. This is church and all of that kind of stuff. But at the same token, I get the other side of that where it's like, they don't know that it's inappropriate or not, you know, and, um, and, and just a welcoming atmosphere and all of those kinds of things. But this isn't something that's in every day. This isn't something like this is this is a, a job that you're applying for, and this is the expectation of fulfilling that job. And to not to not step it down, even you know, okay, you got to wear a shirt, tie, suit, uh, dress to the nines, and then you come in and you have your your tie just loose around your neck or something for a few months, and and then the next time you know it, you just forgot your tie, and it's just an unbuttoned shirt with your jacket and and nice shirt on, or no. No, it's it's going from from one end of the spectrum to the opposite end of the spectrum overnight. Like it's just it's boom. I'm in a shirt and tie, and now I'm coming in my PJs, and let's uh, let's get this thing rolling. Well, and what's what's funny is um, the so the Senate's currently under Democrat control, right? So um, Senator Schumer is currently the majority leader. Um, so they've set the rules for the Senate. So they changed the dress code rule mm -hmm. for senators, senators only. The the pages, any senator, any of their staff, they still have to adhere, adhere to the standard dress code. You can't. I don't think you can even go in the gallery underdressed. I don't think as a U.S. citizen you can go mm -hmm. in and sit and listen dressed the way that Fetterman is allowed to dress in there now. Uh -uh. Makes sense, and right? I'm telling you, like. I've talked about it on here before. I, I, um, I want my wife and I once got an after hours tour of the West Wing. At the after hours, you have to go in after hours, and the president can't be on the property, or you can't go to her. So the, this was during the Obama administration. Dude wasn't in town, and we're there after business hours, and still it was coat and tie. That's required. crazy. 
yeah. for me to go walk around after hours. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did it without complaint. I had no problem with that. I, I have a problem if you want me to do that to sit and do computer work. I have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, which Jason is. got to, Jason <laughs> got to watch me at a at a job long term slowly transition from legit <laughs> business attire. Um, I I had to wear dress shoes, slacks, button down shirt, and a tie every day. Nothing formally changed about that dress code ever. Like the written policy did not change one word during my tenure. And when I left, I was wearing uh, jeans and t-shirts and a ball cap. You know, I have to say, I think everybody in the office though appreciated your effort to, to do that and take one for the team. Uh, because I mean, we had, I think it was Tuesdays or whatever, even on Tuesdays, everyone that came into the office, we had to still be in shirt and tie too. And, and by your staggering willpower of continuing the process, whittled them down to the point where none of us had to worry about that any longer. And well, that was really nice. It, it really was I, being I, able to come in in jeans and a t-shirt. I was probably in the wrong. I'm, I'm not necessarily um, extolling that rebellion as a virtue. <laughs> but what I did was take, I, I took a little advantage of the flip side of a leadership principle that Leif shares, Leif Babin shares in Extreme Ownership. <laughs> uh, which is the policy isn't what you say it is. The policy isn't what's in writing. The policy, the standard isn't what you say. The standard is what you tolerate. There you go. And my thing was, well, you say the dress code is this, but is it? And now that I'm saying it out loud, it's feeling a little snake in the garden-y, and I probably was totally in the wrong. But I'm like, if, like if I stop wearing the tie and no one says anything, is wearing a tie really the policy? And so I stopped wearing the tie and nobody said anything. And then it was polo shirts. I think, and then I think it the was, first thing you, know, you changed was the shoes though. I think, I think you started coming in and instead of being in the dress shoes, you had the little toe shoes or whatever that you would have with your khakis and a nice shirt, button down shirt and a tie. No, the, and then you'd the, have the vibrams, the toe. No, the, the toe shoes came in way, way later. I was already into jeans uh, before I ever started wearing the Vibrams. Gotcha. But what I would do, we worked in, we worked where we were at the campus. Jason worked there with me. Our offices were detached from the main campus. Mm -hmm. And so in our offices, I would wear sandals around the office. And then um, Mr. Roger style, I would slip on dress shoes if I had to That's walk right. over to the main office or anything. Right. I remember that. Because oh. nobody in our office gave a rip. So I remember, yes. I remember my first little gig in that office. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It was back in 2004 and uh, I was coming in. The first thing I was going to be doing as, as an actual, well, as a volunteering, a volunteering uh, employee um, for, for the job uh, was editing videos. And my first uh, real big gig was to do a fine arts video. Uh, which was just a highlights reel of the high school and middle school kids doing different fine arts acts, you know. And uh, I, I didn't have a key to the office because I was just a volunteer and just starting. And I knew it needed to be done because, like, the video was needed that night for, like, the big kickoff of everything for fine arts that season. And I literally went to the back door and I popped the door off of the hinges because for some reason the hinges were on the outside of the building. Uh, which is why you don't have hinges on the outside of your building. It's because people can just walk in still. 
and literally popped the hinges off to the door so I could get in the building to edit the video. And uh, yeah, that's a different freaking world now, man. Dude, the number of times that I broke into rooms or buildings on a church campus for Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I lost count long, long ago. Yeah, that's another. Listen, things needed to get done, and a lock wasn't going to stop me. Exactly. That's it. We don't. We don't have that. Uh, uh, we don't have that timeline. <laughs> so yeah, but so all that to say, to put a bow on it, I know it seems hypocritical. I I identify. I even commiserate with Fetterman not wanting to dress up. Listen, would would I rather just send a nice note to most weddings than dress up to go? Yeah, but. Sometimes that's the gig, bro. You ran for office. That's the gig. Yeah. You don't get to dress like you're Adam Sandler bumming around town. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see the commercial constantly for it. And it's actually one of those particular scenes that happens, but it's, uh, um, Oh, Joe Pesci lawyer. Uh, my cousin is it my cousin Vinny. Is that the one where he's the lawyer or whatever? Yes. Yes. And uh, there's a scene that they show in the commercials all the time where he goes into the court system at first and he's coming from New York. So he has this thick New York accent and he's wearing like a leather jacket, nice button up shirt. And I think blue jeans or something like that. And he's in this Southern, very traditional Southern town. And the judge starts razzing him for his outfit and how he needs to dress more appropriately or how he's going to hold him in contempt of court. So then he ends up getting his suit all jacked up and ends up having to rent a suit from like a, a prop shop. And it's like from the twenties or whatever. And it's like maroon with coattails and, uh, man, yeah. kind of reminds me of that you, you got to dress for where you're at, you know? Yeah. That, that's, that's just the gig. And, and for, for anybody from Fetterman on up through leadership to pretend it's normal and okay and not an embarrassment. I mean, it's, it's just, we just continue to be gaslit, right? Like the, uh -huh. it, it's, we just continue to be told don't, you can see it and know this is not right. This is not normal. And it's just, I uh, don't believe your lion eyes. Same as we're told right now. Uh, you know, like I literally saw this quote from a government official uh, being questioned about the massive, massive numbers of illegal aliens flooding across our southern border right now. More than ever and before. Literally, the response was, it's not as bad as what it looks like to you. Uh, what? what? Yeah, I mean, in, in accord with that, I, like I saw, it was a video that was right around that as well. Um, which if you're still listening and hanging out with us after an hour and a half, as we've talked about so much politics uh, right on, uh, this is fun stuff. We're catching up here. It's been uh, a while. But it was a, I think it was a senator or I can't remember what her actual political position was. I'll be completely honest on that. Uh, but out of New York, and her comment was, the, the, illegal the illegal immigrants have got to stop coming to New York. There's nowhere for them. Our hotels are stocked, are completely stocked. Full are our, our every single motel, hotel. It's completely filled with people. There's nowhere to put you. You've just got to stop coming. And it's like these these are the cities that yeah. are saying, oh, we got to keep letting them in. And now that they're having to deal with it, yeah. they're starting to see the exact same thing that has been said for so long. Not that not that people don't yeah. need to come. There's genuine reason there that refugees need to seek 
uh, asylum here in this country. Absolutely so. That's not what this is. And and now you have nope. literal full towns right on the border that that the cartel is using to smuggle drugs and people. And, and there's no law enforcement. There's no running water. There's no none of this. And they're setting up these towns on our side of the border to do all of this stuff at this point because there's so many that there's nowhere for them to go. So they're literally building their own towns at this point right on the border inside the yeah. U.S. Yeah, there were big reports about that this week. I can't remember the guy's name, but a massive developer down there that has built a le- like a legit housing development. Mm-hmm. But then they're acting as the financier and they're providing the loans. So these people are able to get loans to buy these homes without having to be citizens, without having to process things at the bank, which I'm sure there's no uh, shenanigans going on there. And then, yeah, there's there's cartel activity in in these places. And it's I, there's, there's video. I, I mean, this just made my freaking blood boil this week there was plenty of stuff that was awful to see um like cbp agents literally like holding gates where there was fence open for people to come through but texas uh, governor abbott in texas to his credit they've been trying to do what they can to stop this flow this flood of illegal immigration into texas yeah um and they've been doing what they can to protect because our their border is our border it's theirs too there Um, and there's, there was video, I can't remember if it came out today or yesterday when I saw it of federal border agents, CBP agents physically cutting razor wire on the border that Texas installed to create a gap for these illegal aliens to come through. Which is exactly why Texas is now suing the federal government for that stuff. Well, because not only that, but the government then, is not and, doing their job, and they're also hindering the states from being able to do theirs. Well, and Greg Abbott declared an emergency and an invasion, and has now put the National Guard in Texas on the border. And oh, oh by the way, that. they went out and put out. Tw- and oh yeah, this is today, and they went out and put out twice as much razor wire in that same location as was there before it was cut. Wow. So now, what now? What happens when we have confrontations between? The Texas National Guard, yeah, and border and, patrol, and border patrol, yeah. Uh, how, how ugly does that get? How patrol, quick? Border patrol has been very vehemently against all of this stuff too. So, the fact that they were able to whittle someone in there that's uh, kind of siding with with the things that are going on right now is kind of beside is going to be beside myself as well. To not even understand that, like it doesn't make sense because then they're literally hindering themselves from doing their own job as well. It's shooting themselves in the foot. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, and in this the is, meantime, uh, and it can get you really have, quick. You have, yeah. And in the meantime, at the White House, you have our uh, illustrious uh, press secretary just blowing it off, refusing to answer questions mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Peter Ducey today saying, What do you call what's happening on the border? And she starts a non-answer answer. What do you call when the DNC, and he, he stops her because she's not answering the question. She goes, you know what? Never mind. We're moving on. <laughs> no, you work for us. You're there to answer those questions. Not anymore. And what was annoying is there was a time, there was a time in the press pool when, when the rest of the press corps would not have allowed that to happen. There yeah. was a time when the rest of the press corps would have done something along the lines of either refusing to participate 
in the remainder of the press briefing, or they all would have asked the same exact question when they got called on until she answered it satisfactorily. But that Which doesn't is happen anymore. Pointing that it doesn't happen anymore. You know, it, it again. It, I feel like it just comes down to that whittling down of of sheer willpower, and I feel like that's what it is. It's just a constant whittling down of any type of fight that people have, and they're getting to the point that they're just giving up. You know. Um, yeah. Which is scary. And, uh, it's because it that's just exactly what, been, what I, happens with with well, that's what happened with Germany. They whittled them down to the point, and they preached this particular word to them so hard that they finally got to the point that they believed it, and they were fine with the, the atrocities that were going on right in front of their face. And and that's a scary place for us to be when people are no longer fighting against it. I would have stood up and cheered in front of my phone or wherever I saw it if the very next reporter she called on had said, yeah, I'd like to hear an answer to Peter's question. Yes. but it I said we're moving on. Yeah, call on the next person. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear an answer to Peter's question. And, and, I mean, that should have been the only other thing said from a reporter yeah. in that room. Yeah. yeah. But it's not, again, because it's a, it's a whittling down. It's a whittling Dude, down we, of, we, of expectation. We do not have a southern border in this country right now. Oh, no. No, we don't. And it's it's ridiculous. You can't. And then you've got uh, Louis C.K. on Joe Rogan this week talking about it should be that way. It's not right that uh, we have it so good here in all all these other countries like they have it so bad. Some of those problems should come here. But no one like, is stopping. Hey, stick, no stick, one's stopping the stick to jokes. You know stick to saying? jokes, Louis C.K. That's the thing that I, I had a disagreement, I guess, is the best way of saying this with a friend that was mine that was very dear uh, to me. And literally they don't even talk to me anymore because of this particular conversation. There's no stopping them from experiencing it. There's no, there's no dead stop. Nope. You cannot do that. There's just a proper way to go about it. And they're not, they're trying to shortchange the system and, and you can't do that. Like that's, that's not how it works. That's not fair to everyone that came before you. That's not fair to us. It's not fair to the taxpayers. It's not fair to anybody in this country that you're able to just come in and, and literally, man, one of the most angering things right now is the amount of money that is being thrown at illegal immigration right now to, to pad wallets and to provide health care for people that are here illegally, when the people that live here, the citizens of this country, can't get health care. Oh, yeah, they can. They can go to, to healthcare.gov and they can do this. Yeah, and then the insurance company rejects it and people are left with $40,000 bills because it was something that they actually needed. But because it's Medicare or Medicaid, they sit there and say, no, we're not going to cover that. Like The system is so broken for the people that live here and it's completely open for all those that are just walking in right now. And there is literal billions of dollars, billions of dollars that are being thrown in stipends and checks for people as they're coming into this country to help them get going. And all of us are left it's to bleed. Just, I, I, I think people overcomplicate the issue, right? In that no one, no one runs their daily personal life this way. None of the people that are for these open borders have a sign hanging on their front door that says, come on in, help yourself to the fridge. And the keys right. are in the car in the garage. If you want to come into my house, you ring the doorbell. 
I open the door and I get to decide based on what, on the metrics that I choose, if you get to come in or not. And if you come in through the door uninvited, we have a problem. And if you come in through a window or the garage or a wall, we have a problem. And nobody has a hard time with that concept. And it is no different. Like you just, it just can't be, I'm all for legal immigration. I, you, you want to come here? You want to contribute? You you want to you want to you want to melt into society and contribute? Roger that. You you've got a skill set. I'm not talking about whatever the the like the high skilled labor uh, uh, visas and stuff are. You're you're a tradesperson. Cool. We need tradespeople. That's fine. You have a you have a skill set. Fine. Come through the proper channels. Come through the proper channels. That's all. Yep. Yeah, so it's not that tough a concept. It just should not be the least bit controversial. No, and it it really shouldn't. Uh, but for some reason, it absolutely is. And it again, once again, it just completely defies logic. It doesn't make sense how that's just not easily seen. You know, you, you, again, you, you go shopping, you have to go to the cash register to cash out. You don't just walk out of the store because then it's stealing, and you get in trouble for that. It's the same Not thing in, in this. There's, there's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get my point though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, again, that goes back to that whittling down. It's, it's a whittling down of expectations. And the longer that they can whittle the, whittle us down, the easier it is for them to push over regulation on us. That's, I can't see it as being anything other than that. You say regularly how I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist or I'm not really a conspiracy theorist or whatever. Man, it's really hard at this point in the game to not be because there's just so many of them out there that are just blatant. It was being said and it was being talked about and we were being slapped in the face with there's no way that's not true. This is not the this is not the case. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, yeah, you were right all along. Sorry. Sorry about that. This is what we had to say, you know. And and it's like, how can you how can you not be at this point just skeptical of anything that we're being told? is is the way that it needs to be. Yeah, that's the that's the problem is so many of the conspiracies are 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 coming true. Uh well, listen, as much as I would like to continue this episode of Two Angry Men, uh, um, let's <laughs> let's pivot to let's pivot to something lighter before we all just, I don't know, give up and go drinking or something. And, and <laughs> I have I have a really funny story for you. Okay. I'll I'll take a funny story. I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, and it's it's actually a two-sided story for me because it makes sense uh, for those of you that are Apple uh, devotees uh, up here in Michigan, actually. You know how you guys have the, the Florida man stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of stupid stuff that happens up here, too. And a report came out today that there was a lady rescued from a state park, uh, a state park outhouse. So like these are this is not like a, a little Willie's like Porta John or anything like that. They're like a little building that's built that has a big hole in the ground that they then pump out and all that kind of stuff. And it's a bathroom outdoor outhouse, right? That's at a state park. And uh, she she dropped her Apple Watch down the the toilet. I guess you would say the outhouse toilet, no. and proceeded to lower herself into the refuse that was below her to get her watch said watch back out and then finds herself stuck 
in said refuse and not able to climb back out of the Gosh, mountain of poo that she was walking around in because she needed an Apple Watch. And oh my gosh, there's just so many life lessons that come with there, but that's just you know part of the course. Was she like? <laughs> was she on draw? Like, no, no, no this is just question. Question. she I'm went like, in to use the restroom. Her watch fell off, and she went in to go save it. And she thought it would be easier for her to get in there and get out than she realized, and uh, was not able to with the the upper body strength that she thought she had pull herself out. And uh, I mean, even the fact that she lowered herself down into a toilet <laughs> as it is, um, man, just the, the I, I'm man, I don't care how much that watch is, man, that'd be a real hard, uh, that'd be a real hard sell I for have, me. I have a hard time believing that someone not under the influence of narcotics would make that choice. Again. What As I, you say, there's, I there's don't even think, man, listen, and evidently there's the Michigan. Dude, so I, I'm thinking like if you went Apple watch ultra, right. Which I think the price point on the ultra is like 800 bucks. I don't think I'm even trying. I don't think I'm even trying to fish it out. No, no. You drop it, you drop it in a toilet, you drop it in a toilet. Okay. There's a, there's a decisions need to be made. It probably needs to come out of that toilet. Right. <laughs> but an outhouse porta potty situation, it's yeah. gone. It's done. It's I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could see someone doing, oh. and it still just makes me want to yak everywhere thinking about it, is maybe like the, you know, like the long trash picker up or grabber type things. <laughs> like maybe if you were to go to Walmart or something and get one of those and try to dig it out. But even that, man, I mean, you're literally digging through someone else's waste. Oh. To put a, I yeah. mean, every time you look at your Apple Watch, you look at the pile of poo that's on your arm. I mean, good lord! I just uh, it defy again. That I think that needs to be the title of the, tonight's show: is things that defy logic, because it's just yet another one that makes no sense at all for anyone that's of the right mind. Like you said, they had to be, but said she was in her right mind uh, somehow, some way. I disagree. <laughs> Dude, yeah, let it. Uh, in the famous words of Elsa, you get you gotta let it go. So <laughs> that one's that one's done for. Have you been keeping up with well, Ahsoka? Yeah, I was gonna say in our in our pivot to happier things. I I'm I don't even have to ask if you have been watching. I can safely assume that you have been watching Ahsoka. I think we're what six episodes in this uh, most recent episode. Yes. Yeah, that was six. As we're recording was episode six. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your, what's your like top level take thus far? Um, <sighs> hmm. Top level take. Uh, it's definitely been there. There's definitely been parts that are slower. Um, the thing that I've liked about it is, uh, which you you've said this and you know this, like I am a huge Thrawn fan. Um, I really am. Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, like, which is funny because uh, I was just having this conversation with my wife because I did geek out. Uh, spoiler alert. I apologize. Thrawn comes back, just so you know. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say of that. you got to watch the show. But um, so no, there's going to be more spoilers because right. there's commentary I need to make on, on Thrawn. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, it looks like Elon Musk in blue. But um, I See, don't. I was going to say. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's the by by time you're listening to this, that episode's almost a week old, and we all know Thrawn was going to appear in this series yeah. anyway. So yeah, Thrawn's been- back. I can't remember the actor's name, but 100 percent 
Thrawn looks like a blue, chubby Christopher Walken. And it's just <laughs> not it's just not very menacing to me at all. Yeah. I, I, is, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, he's a uh, large Mickelson, I think is his name. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, so, great, uh, great actor. Cool to see Thrawn in, in live action, big payoff finally. Cause it's been a slow build. There were really several has. payoffs and yeah, there were several payoffs in episode six. Um, him I, maybe not even being the biggest one, but yeah, I liked, I liked the episode. Um, where she was on the time bridge um, and and going through all of that stuff. And there is just the correlations. And I think that's the thing that I like the most out of this show, right? Is, is I really did. I, I watched all of rebels with my girls. Um, they still are like rewatching rebels. They've probably watched Re- rebels four or five times at this point. Um, and we're just rewatching it again. And, like the Pergill and watching the Pergill jump into light speed and just all these cool things that we saw in cartoons and now they're doing in live action. It just makes it awesome. Um, and and right, to be honest with you, like I, nerdy are the, the are Pergill, the, Pergill the space, space whales? whales. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The space whales really, uh, that was a genuine question. I didn't, I hadn't caught the name Pergill, but also I needed to work in the words space whales because I want to include it in the show title. So <laughs> gotcha. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, so just yeah. just all of those things and like uh, seeing rebels kind of come to life and bringing actors in. Uh, I think I think the thing. Um, so again, like Thrawn is just um, as far as villains go. Like he is, I think my favorite villain, just because the dude is such an immense genius. Like, don't get me wrong, uh, Darth Vader is still like my favorite Sith Lord. Um, like just, but just as a bad guy, that's just like man. Thrawn is down and dirty, but like he does it with such class. Um, like, and that's the thing about him is he is just, he's always, he's that person that's always like five and six steps ahead of the things that are going to happen. He's never surprised and he's ready for the surprises. When you think it's going to be a surprise, he's already there and he's like, Hey, been here for an hour. About time you got here. Right. And, and so I love that. And it's just this dry, um, this, this dry character that is just so calm and in his demeanor where he's not this person that's ready to just lash out in anger. It's just this calm, like um, it's like the difference of like your dad, if your dad yell at you because you did something wrong or your dad says, I'm really disappointed in you, son. And how much more that hurts, right? It's kind of that type of thing with Thrawn. And not only was it uh, the fact that you have Thrawn coming in live, live action, but the fact that it's the same voice actor from rebels coming out. So it's like, I love that aspect that that voice is even the same. Like normally it like reverses. And I always love that in the cartoons when it's the actual live actor doing the voice, or they try to emulate that voice and it's really, really close and you can't tell the difference. Like, I love that correlation to it. So that was another thing that I just absolutely loved. Uh, the, the, Man, just yeah. so many of the characters and the things that I, I'm trying not to say them and spoil them any more than the than Grand, Ad, Grand Admiral coming out. Um, that whole scene was really cool. I will say I this um, this episode had some strong Lord of the Rings vibes. This this, this episode was a space Lord of the Rings. I, I you know I even saw correlations going back to like Macbeth and and like Greek mythology and all of that kind of stuff. Which there's there's even some of that. Um, I don't disagree with you um, just because there's well, some, there, there, there were also some things that are hard to think of brand new and, and change, you know, 
like the howlers. They definitely looked like some of the wolves and stuff from Lord of the Rings or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the the vibe there from the howlers for me was more uh, going back to the uh, the OG Willow. But um, there uh, were also like there were some uh, they they brought in some like Japanese and almost samurai ish vibes mm-hmm. uh, on the Thrawn side of the storyline with his stormtroopers. Didn't like that. Didn't the the one his his commander his leader whatever. I'll just leave it at that. I wasn't a fan of of how that was portrayed. I'm like, ah, that didn't that didn't fit. Like that's just totally outside of everything else in all of canon and non-canon. It was just odd to me. Yeah, I don't remember uh, ever reading or seeing anything about his his uh, his elite guard or anything along those lines looking like that or having a, yeah. a different. So the whole I can't remember what that. Uh, yeah, that, that whole uh, like Japanese process of repairing something broken with gold so you're repairing it and it's actually more valuable and more beautiful right. so that kind of ties in and it's i, I don't know I, I i'm sounding like i'm i'm more down on it than i am i've enjoyed the series that episode was good i having not watched rebels i'm not as connected to the characters but i'll tell you who has freaking sold me i'll tell you who i would watch in a spinoff right now i'll tell you who i want more of is this dude balin right so if you haven't been watching listeners there's this character balin who is, uh, he used to be a Jedi. He's not anymore. Thus far in the series, he's a quote-unquote bad guy. But there's clearly, he's not a Sith, though. He's mm-hmm. not a Sith. He like, so fallen Jedi maybe hasn't turned to the dark side necessarily, but there's just clearly more at play with the dude. And the actor's killing it. He looks like a freaking G. And I'm, I'm a fan. I want more Balin. He reminds me a little bit of Count Dooku, uh, but with more pizzazz, like that. But not that as sinister, kind of like more yeah. thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like I do Dooku like had character a lot. It, yeah. it sucks. Like uh, Do Dooku was more like Sauron vibes. Like he was full yeah. full gone. Yeah, yeah. It sucks that the. Speaking of which, okay. Get, we're we're going back. We got to go back two episodes now. Again, more spoiler alerts. So, Ahsoka's in this like in between world, having her little. There's a name for it. It's actually from canon. Um, it's whatever. It's Jedi limbo. I don't know. Anakin's there. There's some real interesting theories on what Anakin's doing there. They're way too nerdy for me to actually drag you listeners through with Jason on the podcast. Um, but, um. So she goes and she has this whole, you know, interaction, this whole lesson uh, with Anakin who, you know, if you hadn't watched any of the previous shows, like she was his Padawan, right? He was her, her master before he turned. So there, there's background there. And uh, so she comes back from this interaction with him. It's, it's possible she was dead. The live characters in the show thought she was dead. She's there. She comes back. She's not dead. And how has her wardrobe changed? Oh, well, she's now Ahsoka the White, like Gandalf. Like, <laughs> all right, Dave Filoni, what are you up to, bud? Is this your homage to Peter Jackson this season? Is that what's going on here? Uh, yeah. yeah. Straight, I, straight up, her clothes went from dark from dark to white. She was yeah, Ahsoka the White. No, I, I will say, though, like, I, I loved that. That episode was really, really awesome. Uh, again, which you, you know, when... Um, there was, uh, it was one of the scenes in Obi-Wan Kenobi 
Um, and, and he's going into this base and it's before the base is actually destroyed and underwater. And then later on, like there's this correlation that ends up drawing into Cal Kestis from the fallen Jedi uh, video game that's out there. Because in that game, you actually go into this base and it's already underwater. It's already destroyed. You're seeing like stormtrooper bodies floating and all of that kind of stuff. And it draws the correlation to now, you know, what happened that caused all of this damage, you know, it was Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? And so there's that correlation that just heightens the desire and the likingness of it because of the nostalgia factor. And so I think that's part of what uh, I'm really digging the most out of Ahsoka is that nostalgia factor that's there. So like that episode, there was scenes that were purposefully, obviously, because he wrote it anyways, uh, very reminiscent of things that had happened in Rebels or whatever, then brought back to live action. And and the way that he then blended them together uh, was just so freaking baller for me. And, and we've really like my kids and yeah. I have all just ate it up and, and really have loved it. I was going to say I love I do love the character Balin. Um, I hate, I hate the fact that, that the gentleman that played the character passed away. So I don't know how in the world they're going to replace him or what's going to happen with him. But yeah, man, I, I wish to God they never even did oh, say wait, what you, happened. Wait, 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 you're, you're dropping, you're dropping knowledge on me here. You're saying the guy that's playing him in live action Ahsoka right now yeah, passed? He, he passed away in real life. Yeah. Um, they never did release Dang. what it actually happened to him or any of that kind of stuff. I think he was over in the UK. Um, in the time this, this is actually before it even launched or whatever that he had passed away. Um, but Bro, yeah, so right. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Duke could have his own series and, uh, really just rock some stuff. I don't know if people noticed and it's because of me being a nerd when it comes to star Wars stuff. Uh, like you were saying, he's not a full Sith, uh, neither him nor his, his, uh, underling or whatever you want to call her. Um, and that's why their lightsabers are orange. They're not red. Um, which there's even, anyways, I don't want to give spoilers away, but, um, so that's part of that. Is okay, the problem is all like fully to the dark side, but yeah. All I can think every time I see her on the show is multi-pass, but anyways, <laughs> a little bit. I do see that. That's <laughs> <laughs> the hair. Ray Stevenson. Ray. Okay. We're looking this up. Boy killed this. Yeah. Dude. I need this to be a hoax. No, it's not man. Um, yeah, they, they talked about it and it was, uh, yeah, it's because he's been in a bunch of a bunch of other um, shows, movies, and stuff like that, and voiceovers, and he's done a bunch of work. But um, dang, man, yeah, he's so good in that role. Oh, I know, man. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a person that was definitely taken um, before their time. Although we don't get to choose that time, anyways. But uh, disappointing, I guess. I would say. It sounds it sounds like from the reports, it sounds like it was a heart attack, I believe, or something along those lines, but they never did um this, outright say what it actually is. I'm on newsyherald.co.nz. Says he contracted a mystery illness. Hmm. He yeah. probably needed one of those one of those new COVID tests. Oh yeah. Could have saved him. I would have figured it out. Too soon? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I, I did geek the moment that the moment that the I don't want to explain it. Anyways, the moment that Thrawn shows up on on screen, we knew it was coming. But especially especially from from the original books and stuff of Thrawn and just uh, just hearing his um his just taciturn, stolid um, demeanor and just how intelligent he was. And his planning capability, 
Um, he's just an evil genius, and man, I've I've just I fell in love with the character. He really is. I mean, he 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 should be. That's why he's a Grand Admiral. He's the only non-human Grand Admiral that's out there um, for the Empire and all of that kind of stuff. Is just because he's such a baller individual, and he really could run the Empire. Bro, I'm sorry. I'm not even listening anymore. You've lost me. I'm I'm stuck on. I'm I'm mourning. I'm I'm mourning Ray Stevenson. (laughs) Yeah, man. Dude, he was uh, he was in the Thor trilogy too. He was one yep. of uh, Thor's little warrior buddies. Yep. Dang. Yeah, so I'm saying he's been in a bunch of stuff, um, and that's why he looks familiar. Is he Such wasn't ever shame. like this main actor or primary star in a show or a movie or anything like that. He's always played these ancillary portions and roles, um, but they're big enough where you're like you see it and it's like I know him. I like that guy. He was cool there, you know. But yeah, it is. It's it's such a shame. A shame to. To see that, I don't know how, because um, I think they had just finished, or they were really getting close to finishing filming uh, when it had actually happened. Um, Man, what a stud! Yeah, very, very, very. That's a bummer. Yeah, very heartbreaking. Well, this. screw it. I'm done with Ahsoka. <laughs> you can't, you can't watch Bayland anymore. <laughs> Unreal. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see anybody else play the part. But you know what? I save that. I say that, and I, you know, I gave New Dumbledore a shot eventually, and it worked out okay. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're going to pivot from that aspect of it. You want me to, you want me to shine some? Um, light? I mean, I'm going to shine it'd be some. So light easy just to kill him. Deal. I'm sure they'll just kill him. I uh, no, it, all you, dude, all you're doing is pulling rugs out from under me. I'm not interested in your no, life anymore. A, this is actually a cool one. It has nothing to do with Star Wars relation. It's actually Disney, I guess you could say, kind of ish related. Um, well, we know how so, I love good Disney news. <laughs> it's not really Disney news uh, per se, because um, it really isn't them. But it's because of an inspiration from Disney from the movie Avatar. Um, so I, you know, I I love Disney. Uh, literally, even up here, living up here, I think for five or six years of us living up here in Michigan, we still had our annual passes. We were able to keep them and be grandfathered in and all that stuff. Um, and it wasn't until they just started really pushing way too hard away that I didn't agree with that we finally let all that stuff go. Um, but always have been a huge fan of Avatar and the movies of Avatar. And uh, so literally going to uh, the parks and getting to see Pandora and seeing, especially at night when the plants all come alive and they're shining and they're bright, um, there is a company named Light Bio that has developed now by. Um, adding the addition of a glowing mushrooms DNA to petunias, and they're getting ready to start selling. They're supposed to be available in the spring where you can actually buy your first glow-in-the-dark flowering plants, like indoor plants that literally glow. Dude, That's freaking This sounds cool, like the man. start of a resident. Yeah, sure it is. This sounds like the start of a resident evil game, dude. <laughs> I mean, the plant's not going to come to life. It's all fun and games. You don't know, dude. We'll have to wait and see. Oh god! All fun and games until it's, I think it's awesome, man. Bitten poison at you like a dr- dragon or something. How, how cool would it be? Like you come no, out of your house, cool, and like to, you have to walk to the restroom or something in the middle of the night, and you don't need little night lights anymore because you got a plant that's glowing. I mean, yeah, you might freak out in the middle of the night when it starts talking right. to you or whatever. Feed me kale. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we're putting a button on two hours of just 
anger and mayhem. Uh, when when things seem their darkest, you can just sit with your glowing petunia and watch Ahsoka shine some and light. In know your that Balin doesn't know that Balin won't make it out alive. <laughs> I ruined your I ruined your night, Kale. I'm sorry. No, like, no, we no, we should do this again that. sometime, Jason. Really? <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, ultimately, while very sad for him and a bummer, it will actually have very little impact on my life. So, sorry. Yeah, I hear you. Dude, this has been a blast, man. I really have well, missed, dude. missed hanging out. Yes. Getting to talk. Yes. No one is more fun to uh, be grumpy with than you. <laughs> that, that's an honor. I, I say that I gladly accept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to we need to initiate like our annual uh, Festivus episode. I think would be good. I got a lot of problems with you people. You <laughs> now you're gonna hear about them. So, but no, oh, always a good time, brother. I, I appreciate yeah, you. Man. Always good to catch up. So, absolutely, dude. listeners. We of course love and appreciate you too, and appreciate you sticking around with us. Hey, if you'd like to support the podcast, there are all kinds of great ways to do that. The easiest of which. It's just a look down at the app you're listening on right now. If you haven't already, hit the little subscribe button. Give us a, a rating and a review. Those are always a massive help. But if you want to take that next step in support, check us out on the Podcast 2.0 app like Fountain where you can send your support in real time uh, as you're listening to us and send boosts and uh, use an app like Fountain and they'll even return the favor and you can uh, often earn a little bit of Bitcoin yourself just for listening on the Fountain app. Pretty cool. Visit the website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com. Not only can you find links to our latest episodes just like this one, but you can visit our affiliates. Great way to support the podcast and make a purchase uh, from awesome companies like GoRuck and Jocko Fuel, Origin Main, Tuttle Twins, and a little piece of that purchase comes to us here at the podcast. And of course, you can always become a Patreon supporter. Get yourself a better-than-average coffee mug. And with that jason i love you buddy listeners we love you we're out see ya the solid seven podcast is a proud affiliate of goruck goruck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet Tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid7Podcast.